a lot of times people ask me that. They say, well, when did you awaken? Because we call it an awakening, right? Like that's when the ego sheds away and the world now looks completely different and brand new through a different lens. Um, I don't remember a time when I wasn't doing something. My parents, um, you know how babies play with powders and makeups and that's just a baby thing. Well, I was playing with powders and makeups and somehow intuitively knew how to make them explode all over. <laughs> yes. Um, I remember when I was a little kid, I had a um, imaginary friend. All kids have imaginary friends. The only difference was is that mine was named Jason. He had a leather jacket and rode a motorcycle. Was that an imaginary friend? My guess, given where I am now, probably not. Um, and I didn't come from a family of witches. My parents are wonderful parents, but they are not magical. My mother has intuitive abilities, but her path is so much, her path is basically, hey, Shay, I have, I'm seeing shadow people again. Do you have a candle for that? That's it, right? <laughs> um, but, she had an uncanny ability anytime I was up to something, she knew and I was getting a phone call. So there is ability that was, I guess, passed down in a way. And her mother actually was a palmist. She read palms. Mm. And her grandmother, which would be my great grandmother, um, was a rabbi's wife. So there is a history and a lineage of magic and spirituality that was kind of going through the generations, but not necessarily directly passed. Um, I was gifted that my parents didn't look at me and judge me and say, no, that's not, that's not real. They allowed me the opportunity to define my own reality mm -hmm. and ask the questions and validate what I was doing. They didn't understand it, but they, they encouraged it or they allowed for an atmosphere where I could do that. Um, and then as I got older, you know, um, I'm 35 now, so I was a child of the 90s. And it sounds so cliche, but like The Craft, the movie The Craft was like super influential for me at like 10, right? Because I'm like, oh, but it was more an idea that I was like, and it was very, you know, it's, it's cinematography, so it's very, it's very glamorized, but it was a, a way for me to make a connection at a young age, like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Oh, this is what this is called. Oh, this is what the, this is the avenue that I need to explore because that's what I'm, that's, I was able to identify it a little bit better without, so I had some kind of direction and background. Um, and then I went to the library. I grabbed every book I could. And I just had binders and notebooks filled with stuff that I was picked up. I was self-taught. I didn't have anyone to teach me. I didn't have a community around me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how that worked. And a lot of it is kind of blurry. I don't know at what point I was like, oh, I'm a witch, because I always kind of did weird stuff. I remember my dad, he uh, he likes to tell this story. I was like four, four years old maybe, and I'm huffing and puffing. 
and I'm angry. And he's like, what's the matter? And I'm going, this, all this, why am I back here again? <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's like, um, well, let me know when you figure that out. <laughs> no, so, but it, it just kind of always existed for me. It was always within that realm of possibility. Um, yeah, I was a weird kid. I had three friends through all of elementary school. Um, they had similar interests. Like it wasn't weird for them. Um, I don't think it was necessarily their path, but it was kind of interesting because I was like the ringleader in the magical group. And uh, we would do our little tiny spells and I was kind of like the high priestess in there, like, okay guys, this is what we're gonna do. And they kind of went along with it and encouraged it. Um, but I don't think it was necessarily their path. It was just like-minded individuals and we were the misfits. I was always super sensitive. I always could feel intention and feel energy. And so that makes it very overwhelming as a little kid because you know, when you're sitting there and the words coming out of somebody's mouth and the energy that they're that's coming off of them are two entirely different things. It's like, you think you're crazy. You're like, is anyone else saying this? And, um, and most people are going, no, or wait, okay. Um, but it's just part of being naturally open. And unless you're in that environment where you have somebody that's like, okay, this is what's going on. It makes it very confusing. So I started out really young, about eight years old, and it was by my aunt. So my aunt actually kind of pulled me to the side, had some you know, some conversations about things, and then started gifting me books. So I started, you know, because my aunt was picking up on it and, you know, told me about, hey, you know, if you're seeing these things, this is Faye. These are, you know, things that are coming in around the house. This is what this is. And I got to learn a lot of that stuff that way. And, you know, ever since I was, you know, real little, my stepmother was telling me about when I was a really little kid, I was like two years old, couldn't really speak or, you know, much or whatever. And I would call her Uli because I couldn't pronounce J's but I would wake up in the middle of the night yelling for her. And then she'd come in and was like, the man, the man with the tall hat. And it went on for several months. And then my grandmother had a old photo album out and she's flipping through all the pictures. And then I'm like, that's the man, that's the man in the hat. It was my great, great or great, great, great grandfather. But he would come by and visit and check on me at night. And he actually has been to the house to check on every grandchild that's come through there. Um, so that was, you know, just kind of going up through. Um, and there's been some scary moments of things that have happened uh, with family members passing away and having connections, waking up in the middle of the night with things happening to me at the same time that they were passing over or getting information about things that were coming up. But it was kind of those poles and just abilities and letting things kind of grow. And when I got into my early twenties, I did join in with a Celtic Wicca circle there for a little while and then stepped away from that. But it just, it wasn't something that fully fit. So I spent some time, I learned a lot, you know, a lot of things from that, 
but it was just something of kind of like, okay, I need to grab these skills. I need to bring these things in and then move on and do my own thing. But that's, you know, just years and years of experience and knowledge growing in, in practice. And that, there's a reason why they call it practice because you're always learning. There's always a new way of doing something or a new perspective. And, and I, I always teach people in the classes that if someone comes in and they tell, tell you, I know everything about this subject, run away because they're full of crap and they don't know what they're talking about. Because if, you, if you're not open to another perception to learn something else, you're not gonna grow any further. You've shut yourself off at that point. And I think it as a child, right? Like the fundamental thing is this interest, right? So in the evolutionary process, right? You have a baby and then all of a sudden they're aware that they have fingers and toes and you know, and they, there's developmental milestones of as you become self-aware. And then at some point there's that question of what is beyond. And I think that the only difference is, is when you start asking that question. And that's a question that we asked as young children. Usually as you get older, that's when you go, what is beyond? Because that's when, you know, you have that concept of mortality and you have that concept of, you know, that there's not a permanence there. But when that's conceptually known as a young child, that's when you start quest. That's when you start your quest to answer that question. What is beyond? Um, and for me, after I read all the books and I started in my preteens, right? I had, I my first deck of cards. I remember I was in New Orleans and I went into a voodoo shop, and the woman just kind of looked at me, and it is even still to this day, it's this head tilt. It's a cue for me that that person has something for me, information mentorship, something. There's this, this head tilt like, oh, you're interesting. Um, she looked at me and she put a deck of cards and it was Tarot of the Witches. How fitting. Wow. And she said, this is gonna help you. And I said, I don't have any money. I'm 10. I don't have any money. I'm 10. And uh, she's like, no, just take it. You'll remember me later. I still read with that deck. Um, and then as I got older, I've had very eclectic experiences of people that have mentored me. Um, I've one, I had a Catholic priest that we would, he would sit with me and we would have coffee and he would I, would, I was in the process of reading all these different books on magic and stuff. And uh, he would compare it to what was in the Bible. Not as a way to convert me, but mm -hmm. as a way to show that there was that there was validity there, which was kind of progressive, I guess, as we went for a priest that was progressive and kind and kind because he um, he got involved with me because I had external family members. They thought I needed an exorcism. I was the evil. I was evil for asking these questions. And he sat with me for maybe 20 minutes. I'll never forget him. His name was Father Ryan. And he said, I'm not going to do an exorcism and I'm not going to baptize her either. And my, the, the external family is like, what do you mean? And he's like, she's on a path. It's not yours, but she'll be just fine. And after that, that's when we started to have our weekly meetups, drinking coffee. Mine was like watered down, you know, but, um, and have conversations. And then I got older and, um, 
I had friends in high school and they were twins um, and their grandmother didn't speak any English, solely Spanish. She did that head tilt and she was of the Santeria path and flipped three cards. I'll never forget it because she had a marble hanging out of her mouth, sized me up and down, did the head tilt, tilted three cards, said something in Spanish, still don't know what she said to this day, um, and started teaching me how to cook with ingredients. And then for fun, she might chase me around the sh her house with a live chicken, but that's another story <laughs> for another time. But it, it was an influence to teach me different things that I could later use in my practices. And there's just numerous stories of just individuals that just by chance, I don't think it's by chance, but you would categorize it by chance, that just came in and gave me different perspectives. And I was very blessed with that because that helped me with my spiritual education and filled um, a direction that my parents couldn't provide for me. When I was talking about those qualified individuals, I was very blessed to track down Alex at a convention. Um, he eluded me for three days and then I found him at a store and drove an hour to, to meet him. Um, and he is now part of our little merry band of misfits with a huge resume of qualifications and knowledge. I'm just old. <laughs> <laughs> 10, 12 years old, starting to get Very an interest cool. in, just had a lot of interesting people that were around at the time, So, but it's blossomed into me being really weird now, so it works out pretty well. Uh, I spend a lot of time reading tarot cards, but my uh, the goal as a reader for me is to help people get out of their own way. It's more like sort of tarot counseling because I'm, you know, I'll call people on the silly things that they're doing. It's like, oh, my life is miserable and I keep on getting beat up. It's like, well, I'll stay out of the crack house and, you know, that won't happen anymore. <laughs> you know, things like that. <clears throat> so I'm not the typical fluffy bunny reader. It's like, oh, you're going to, you know, be rich and married tomorrow. And it's like, no, it's get out of your own ways. If you're on your spiritual path, do something, you know, grow up. And that's a hard thing. Most people don't want to do that with, with a lot of humor and funny and just like, it's, it's really bad because just from being in this and experiencing people crossing over and seeing is if the death card turns up in a tower reading and it's the first time I've ever read for them, I'm like, did you already pay for the reading? And it just gets really upset. It's, it's always funny. <laughs> He's making a lot of guest appearances on our Facebook. <laughs> Like he makes videos and it's just, he's the uh, director of the candid videos of us just being crazy and weird together and just having a ball. And you know, that's awesome. And um, it's nice to be able to diffuse it because not everything has to be serious, right? It's not, I tend to be more of a serious and introspective type of person, um, but magic is supposed to be fun and learning is supposed to be fun. It's not this always a super intense experience. Like you're gonna, you have to read 80 pages or or else. It's supposed to be part of the life's journey. And, and <clears throat> people ignore their own culpability and everything. Like people come in for reading and we'll talk about energy reclamation. You can do this. They'll go and buy one of my books and six months later, they'll come back with the exact same question. The exact same stuff comes up in the reading. I'm like, so did you open my book at all? No, I never got around to it. I'm like, really? So you paid me again for the same information for this because you just haven't done anything. <laughs>
So yeah, it's getting people out of their own way or making them understand that they have the power, not somebody else. Only, you know, anyone can only heal themselves. If they don't want to, it's like, that's their journey. Or, or they started thinking about it and then they're like, oh my God, that's too much work. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's, it's your, you know, it's their thing. It's how much energy you put into it. Just like with the candle bar and, you know, I've watched Mike walk through people step by step of how to make their candle and they get really interested and we can only hope that they actually go back and use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do have some people that come in, they do the candle bar and then we, you know, they're in seven, eight times and I'm like, so how many of these have we actually burned? Oh, they're just sitting. <laughs> so when are you going to burn and use them? I don't know. It, but like you say, it's work. You got to put the work in. And it's the same idea with, with the candles that I pre-make for people, right? My candle line. Um, I I have ornate dripping candles that are for deities and sabbats and all this stuff. And they're like, oh my gosh, they're so pretty. I, they just sit on my shelf. I can't burn them. And I'm like, I can make more. They're there for you to use. Yes, it's pretty. I love, I love that. Buy two, but use one. <laughs> you just have to take that step. We can get you there. Um, but you know, it's it's planting the seed, though, right? Like no. sometimes you're not ready for that experience yet, and you're gathering your tools. I've done lots of readings for people, and I'm like, they're the reading is great, everything is right on. They're in tears, they're having a great time. It's like I have to go and do all this stuff, and then I'll tell them, said, now you have to make two choices. The reading is done. You can get up from the table and do something, or you can make believe like this never ever happens. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> And saying like, like with my reading styles, with you know runes, tarot, and oracle cards, it plays more of a roadmap instead of like this whole entire you know asking a question of oh am I gonna get a, a new job? Well, you need to do this in order to achieve this, and it gives them the roadmap of what they need to do to get around the problem or how they're gonna have to deal with a problem, but they gotta put the work in for it. And you do get people that, you know, they get their roadmap, they hear it, and they don't want to take the work and put the work in. And that's, you know, and it's interesting, too, because, like, with the Akashic Records, right? It's almost like, that's that's my modality. I do read Tarot and Oracle, but I've evolved into the Akashic Records, and I think a lot of it is those patterns. Like, when you finally are able to recognize that you are repeating a pattern, well, why is that? Sometimes it's self-discovery and understanding why that pattern is existing. Other times it is going through a process of release so that you can move past that. And it's just, it's very different because I could lay out a roadmap and if you're not willing to take that step, that map means nothing. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's, you know, you, instead of going forward, you take 10 steps backwards and then you go three steps forward and then eventually, you know, you get past that point. But how do you get, how, how do you motivate somebody to get to that? Where they're ready. Whips, chains. <laughs> no. Well, I'm not just, supposed to say that, sorry. No, just, <laughs> or just gently guiding someone through the internal process. It's, you know, and sometimes it can, if, it, if it's a hundred times that they go through that process and on 101, um, they actually do it and you were there every step of the way for them, that's rewarding enough. The Akashic Records is, best way, best analogy I can use is think of it as a ethereal library. Mm. Every thought, motive, intention, action of the universe is there. Each one of us has a section in that library. 
And this goes over past lives, karmic bonds, patterns, what you signed up for, why you signed up for it. Um, it's pretty much the knowledge of the universe. Um, but you have to go in there with specific intent. Like, you know, somebody could be like, I'm, I feel like I need a, a, a tarot reading. And you flip your cards and you have some kind of guidance. With a reading with me, it's an, it's, it's, you have to be prepared because it's like you going into a library, going to the information desk, desk and going, I need a book. Okay, well, what kind of book do you need? One with words. Okay, well, let's see how that goes. It's not necessarily a roll of the dice type thing. So it's a little bit more of a specialty because I don't think it's something that you necessarily, you kind of want to know ahead of time so you can kind of prepare right and get the information the most important information that you need out of there um and it's also can be very cryptic because they'll be like well how do i when am i going to find love yes well when <clears throat> when you start bathing regularly well, adopt a cat <laughs> and actually get out of your house that's <clears throat> not the answer they were looking for they were looking for a timeline, but that's actually the answer. That timeline can change. Time is mutable. Time's actually just a human construct. And when you're here and when your soul's eternal, it becomes less and less relevant. I've been working at this shop for two weeks. It's been the longest century of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a great situation for people to actually come in and get some hands-on experience the the candle bar is great because it's an experience a lot of people or a lot of the other pagan shops that are around there's it's just a wide variety of collectible stuff in a lot of ways but everything in here is hands-on useful for practitioners that know how to use it or people that come in and know how to ask the right questions because we spend a lot of time answering questions <laughs> so that that's a big part of the chunk. If we charge by the hour for questions, you know, we'd have her rent and mortgage everything paid off already. <laughs> but it's about the education and getting it out there and making sure it's vi viable and solid and kind of it's interesting because COVID changed a lot of things for a lot of people. You you know, there's the idea that you just work from home and you just order online. Um, and it's also been very economically price driven. You get a lot of stuff you can get on Amazon. However, <clears throat> good luck ask good 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 luck getting um, some esoteric answers from Amazon's customer service. Um, it's not just the item; it is the people behind the item and the information and education behind the items that are being purchased. That is what's going to last a lifetime. So, with Third Eye Creations, when we actually started to open up our store and our original location, uh, we still believe in that original principle. So, you know, we don't care who you are, where you come from, what you do, what you follow. As long as you treat everybody with respect, you're welcome in here. And if you have questions, feel free to come in and ask the questions. It, you know, we will spend as much time with someone as is needed to get them through a problem or situation to help guide them in the right direction. And if we can't help them here, we'll guide them to a place that can help them because you know we may not be able to solve every single issue right. and you know we'll put them with the person that actually has the right tools or sometimes you know if you look at the um, aesthetics and the energy that we carefully craft in here 
it's unplugging. You're in a different world here. Um, sometimes they don't need a question. They don't need an answer. It's, they just need a break. And if, you know, the help that you're looking for is coming in, sitting for a couple hours, read a book, craft a candle, and recharge your spirit so that you can go and face the mundane, that's okay too. We're here for whatever you need. And the heckling and the abuse is free. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're, no extra charge. We're a magical group of nut, nutballs here. <laughs> we're, but it's fun. And this is, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. <laughs>